This is on the left side, the funny football show. It's an own goal and Liverpool have won the game. 25 seconds of normal time to play. Hello, I'm Jim and welcome to your weekly slice of short, sweet soccer satire, which over the last fortnight has been dominated by the international break. A true hell for all football fans. An empty, soulless void of any real football where demons chance it's coming home. And the England band play an endless, meaningless, horrifying chorus of the great escape over and over again. A place where piss and shit boils from the back pages of the tabloid press, desperate for attention with headlines like The Big Hint That So-and-So Gave and Why United Could Splash The Cash On So-and-So and the word exclusive is splashed in massive letters over and over again until it loses what little meaning it ever had in the first place. <laughs> A world where pundits and talk radio shows debate faux important polls and vote about who's the best foreign player and who's the greatest left-footed striker and which ball boy has the best tracky bottoms it's pointless it's distracting it's endless it's horrific it's boring and worst of all you either have to join in with that or talk about brexit for the love of god no more brexit please but thankfully over I genuinely think that the biggest footballing story of the week actually related to a piece of chewing gum chewed by Sir Alex Ferguson during his last game in charge at Old Trafford, which sold for £400,000 at auction. It really did, by the way. 400 k spent on an old, useless lump. You'd think they have learned to avoid that kind of thing at Old Trafford since they signed Alexis Sanchez. Actually, it was a new signing at Manchester United that did catch the eye after the club took the international break to do what everyone kind of knew they were going to do anyway and hand the full-time manager's position to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer after a pretty impressive opening stint in the dugout. Everyone seemed pretty pleased that Ole got the job, fans and players alike, the latter of which, pretty much to the man, expressed their joy on social media which was kind of like the ultimate fuck you to Jose Mourinho. I don't remember Jesse Lingard photoshopping himself into a photo of Mourinho celebrating a goal when he got appointed. He did it for Ole, and it's kind of like the footballing equivalent of showing your ex what he's missing. Lingard may as well have posted a picture of himself in a bikini on a tropical beach surrounded by men in tiny trunks. Well, you do that, Jesse. You just do that, sure. You think you're happy now, but it's all just fakery and show. I know you're hurting. Just like me. Why did you leave? Why did you leave? We were so good. Sorry. Just got a bit distracted there. Yeah, it was just a bit of a screw you, really. You may remember that Ole is actually still contracted to Norwegian club Mould, who didn't seem best pleased with him skipping off for a new job in Manchester. But United have promised them a gesture of goodwill to make it up. So, let's hope Phil Jones doesn't mind setting up a new life in Norway, eh? There was a moment in this week's press conference, however, where Ole proved exactly why he is more suited to this job than Jose ever was. I said it all along, we do this as a team, we do it together. Uh, The staff I've had uh, working with me has been fantastic. We keep talking regularly. 
which is important. Communication is important. When you work with human beings, it's so important. You just can't imagine Mourinho saying that, can you? Firstly, I'm not really sure he ever considered other people as human beings. And secondly, I get the feeling most of the communication he had with his players was when he threw them under the bus during press conferences. A bus that apparently is still very much in use at Old Trafford. The big announcement about Solskjaer came just a few days after an interview with Louis van Gaal, who seems to have decided to use his retirement to behave like a bitter old man and criticise anyone who followed him into the Manchester United manager's office. In his first British written interview since leaving Manchester, the Dutchman spoke to the BBC and offered his opinion that Solskjaer was just Mourinho in disguise. People think we've had uh, the fake news since Donald Trump became president. In football, we've had it for 50 years. Uh, Mourinho changed to park the bus tactics and played on the counter. Now there is a new coach who plays park the bus and plays on the counter. The main difference between Mourinho and Solskjaer is uh, Solskjaer is winning. Hearing him talk about fake news makes me realise Louis van Gaal and Donald Trump are pretty similar, aren't they? Both seemingly unaware of their own shortcomings, both round-faced ranters who like to blame the press for their own portrayal, and most importantly, whilst LVG has a passion for the orange of Netherlands, Donald Trump has gone a step further. He's dyed his whole face orange. Although, I guess the difference is that LVG actually managed to build his walls. We need to build a wall. LVG's babblings that Ole is the new Jose just goes to show how important it can be to keep your mind active in retirement. Take the foot off the gas for one moment and you're suddenly wearing a sailor's hat and standing trouserless in your local shopping centre singing the French national anthem. De la Already it's starting to slip for Louis and he's not alone. Take Ian Holloway, for example. He's always seemed one cone short of a training set, but this week he appeared on TalkSport talking to David Seaman and sounded like he totally lost it. In metal detecting, if your camo gear when you go fishing is exactly what you need. So you, you've got to hide yourself when you're doing this, have you? You've got, you've got to hide yourself in case those artefacts under the ground can see you. I don't understand it myself. How you can hook little fish in, in the mouth and say it don't hurt is just out, outrageous. <laughs> now now I'm a vegan, I can have a go at the pair of you, right? Um, <laughs> what about you digging all the worms up then? Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't harm a worm at all. I'm just moving their house around. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> Honestly. I've not got a funny line off the back of that. It's funny enough as it is. I love Ian Holloway, and he's mad as a box of frogs, but it should serve as a stark lesson to the likes of Rob Green, who seems to be sliding towards early retirement at Chelsea. Officially, Green is third-choice keeper at Stamford Bridge. I know, I'd forgotten that too. In reality, he's just on easy street. Talking to the BBC about his daily routine in football, he said this. I go to all the meetings, do all the pre-match, do the warm-up, and help in every way you can. Then, when the players are ready to come out onto the pitch, more often than not, I find a cup of tea and... Go and sit in the stand. Nothing to do on a Saturday other than sitting watching football with a nice brew. Firstly, I'm pretty sure that's exactly the kind of thing that you do when you are retired. And secondly, being third-choice keeper at Chelsea on £20,000 a week sounds like the best bloody job in football. You can probably even afford a price of the cup of tea at Stamford Bridge, which at £1.29 is actually the cheapest in the Premier League, by the way. Like I said, easy street. 
The real big story of the week, however, came in the midweek internationals, and it's something that most people would wish we weren't talking about. During England's win over Montenegro, the three Lions were subject to racial abuse from the home fans, who were making monkey noises at the team's black contingent, which is obviously disgusting. We're quick to blame the Montenegrin culture for the racism here. We suggest it's an issue with Eastern Europe. Everyone in the English game demands fines and stadium closures whilst completely forgetting the racial abuse suffered by Raheem Sterling just a few months ago at Chelsea and showing exactly the same kind of self-awareness as the Daily Mail and The Sun who reported on the vile abuse and Sterling's leader-like reaction. It's a problem. It's a massive problem, but it's a problem just as much in our own stadiums as in those abroad. Don't worry though, I've got a plan to wipe racism out for good. All that needs to happen, and it's quite simple, everyone needs to stop behaving like complete bellends. There, sorted. All props go to Sterling, however, who couldn't have handled the situation with more dignity and honesty. There was some pretty clear racist chanting out there, wasn't there? Yeah, um, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't hear it personally, but, you know, Danny made it clear and aware that and that's what they were doing, so... Um, so I just wanted to show them that, that, that you're going to need more than that to uh, upset us and, and stop us. Because, you know, um, all of us know what skin colour we are. So I don't, I don't know what the big issue is. It's not, your, it's not like you're telling us anything new. He's right, of course. And it's ridiculous that we even have to talk about it yet again. But here we are. Southgate demanded action from UEFA. Harry Kane showed his skills in claiming stuff that's not really his by claiming the moral high ground and saying he wouldn't hesitate to lead the England team off the pitch if he heard racist chanting. And Pep Guardiola came over all statesman-like with a very dramatic and very philosophical quote. Football is a strong weapon. And they're not nice words to say. It's a strong you know, weapon to, to defend the principles of humanity. It sounds like it should be out of Star Wars or something. Although I'm not sure I'd encourage any of the forces sent out in the Middle East to protect the principles of humanity against the likes of ISIS to down their SA-80s and take out a Nike Strike Team 80 match ball instead. I'd rather have the gun. Sterling, Rose and Callum Hudson-Odoi were all offered therapy after the match, which is just a bit of a mess, isn't it? One, because you shouldn't really need therapy after just going to work. And two, because if you ask me, it's the dicks hurling the abuse that are the ones that need therapy. As Mario Balotelli was quoted as saying this week, I have nothing against monkeys because I'm totally sure that a monkey is smarter than a racist. Spot on. It's shameful, it's sickening and it needs to stop. Thankfully, the FA leapt into prompt action, grasping perfectly the mood of the nation and announcing with perfect timing that they were... going to have a bit of a rebrand. The sports governing body have decided it's time to move with the times and shed its arrogant image, and so have rid themselves of their stuffy title, the FA, and after much consideration and no doubt some expensive fees to various London PR agencies, from now on are going to be called the English FA. Wow. Good work, guys. It's hardly like when Marathon became Snickers, is it? It's more like Marathon becoming Chocolate Marathon. I kind of get where they're coming from. Why should we be called the FA when other nations are called the Spanish FA or the German FA or whatever? But at the same time, given the current climate, I don't think it's going to take very long for a few shaved-headed knobheads who just like things with English in the title to say something like this. English FA? Yeah, that's right. It's our game. Get those bloody foreigners out of here. Yeah, foreign FA, my ass. We're the fucking English FA. 
That's it from today's On The Left Side. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe if you've not hit subscribe already. And if you haven't hit subscribe already, make sure you have hit subscribe. Now, I've got confused. Just hit subscribe. Also, make sure you follow us on social media at On The Left Side and we'll let you know when the latest episode is ready there as well. See you soon. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye. You're on the left side? Yeah, on the English side, mate. Yeah, that's what side I'm on. Yeah, written and produced by Jim Salverson. He sounds a bit foreign and dodgy, doesn't he? And Aunt McGinley. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, good English name, that, innit? Yeah. What? Yeah. Of it. Come on, you mug. Yeah.